0: This is COVID 19 Seattle. I'm Dave Ross.
1: And I'm Aaron Granillo. Seattle Public Schools says it is going to decide what the upcoming school year will look like by June 19th. The district says it's currently mulling over three scenarios. The first would be 100% remote learning, scenario two would allow full time, in person schooling for preschool to fifth grade students, and a hybrid of online and in person classes for older kids. The third scenario is a hybrid of online and in-person classes for all students. And over the next two weeks, parents, teachers, administrators, and even students themselves will discuss these three different approaches in team groups ahead of the decision.
0: Well, the question that I have is, does everybody have the computers and uh, and computer savvy that they need to successfully uh, learn online at home? I guess we've had a, we've had a chance to uh, test that. Uh, I haven't heard what the results of that are yet, though, and uh, I think that's important. It is very easy for people to let their learning slide when they're just trying to do it on their own. I've taken some online courses, and some I enjoyed, and some I just never finished, because unless you have someone there to uh, impress, right, like a teacher that you really respect, I think it can be tough to muster that kind of discipline on your own.
1: Yeah, there are some remarkable statistics already about whether or not Remote learning has been successful. A recent national survey found 83% of kids and families making more than $100,000 a year are doing remote learning every day. But 4 out of 10 of the poorest students in the United States, so 40%, are only engaging with some kind of remote learning once a week or less. So far, Seattle Public Schools has said they have not collected any hard data on attendance of the student body has not logged into the remote learning website Schoolology in recent weeks, and early anecdotal reports directly from teachers suggest that participation is the lowest among students of color, low-income students, and students in foster care and students with disabilities. Tacoma Public Schools reports they have been unable to engage with 20% of their students in a remote learning setup. So, yes, this is not necessarily surprising, given the state's early hesitation to do any kind of remote learning out of fear of these exact kinds of inequities emerging. This could mean lawsuits and loss of federal funding down the road, perhaps. And hopefully we can use the summer months to try to fix this and you know, get people more access to computers and to the Internet. Right, and
0: and to a a high speed internet because uh, as we all use computers, right? The difference between having a great computer and a slow internet and a great computer and a and a uh, fast internet it's it's night and day, and uh, you get frustrated if you're sitting there just watching that circle go around and around while you're waiting for your course to load. Um, I think you're going to find a lot of people just giving up.
1: Fishing vessels have left Seattle ports for the summer season up in Alaska. They catch lots of salmon and. Also, Alaska Pollock, which is what you'll find in fish sticks or the McDonald's filet of fish But one boat was forced to return over the weekend after 86 of the 126 crew members on the boat tested positive for the coronavirus. After a brief stop in Bellingham to test the entire crew, the vessel is now in Seattle, where medical personnel are monitoring the situation. The boat was owned by the company American Seafoods, and their protocol was a five-day quarantine and test. This is more relaxed than what other companies have done with 14-day quarantines, Dave. I spoke with Joe
0: Bundrat yesterday. He is the CEO of Trident Seafoods, and this is what he says their quarantine looks like.
2: Every person going on a vessel and every person going to a remote coastal community, we put them in a hotel for 14 days. Uh, We pay them. We feed them three meals a day. Day 12, we do a PRC test. That's the nasal swab. And at that time, it takes 48 hours for incubation. We get the results back and we then transport them on a quarantined bus in the, in Seattle to the vessels, the five vessels that we have going up to Alaska this summer, and then the uh, in Anchorage for the other plants, we fly them in sanitized Alaska Airlines jets and get them to a closed campus in these remote sites.
1: And even with that, I heard Dave that they still have a one percent. Positivity rates. That sounds yeah. like it. Which, uh, is, which yeah. is
0: pretty I mean, that's pretty low. Yeah. But when they're being as super careful as they are, you know, even even 1% can be a hassle. And, and the other problem is, of course, that it it's, can be tough to find workers who have the discipline to stay in quarantine for two weeks. And if they don't, uh, they have to let them go.
1: Seattle Fire Chief Harold Scoggins has a warning for all the protesters who are gathering in large groups without social distancing. If you have been
2: out in large groups and protesting, if you're having headaches, if you're having coughs that you didn't have before, if you're feeling weak, if you have a temperature, these are all the signs and symptoms of COVID-19.
1: I would ask that you pull back for a little bit, isolate and quarantine a little bit, and go get yourself checked out. And if you've been wondering whether these mass gatherings will cause a spike in COVID-19 cases, Columbia University of Virologist Dr. Angela Rasmussen says probably.
2: Especially with regard to shouting, close physical proximity, and people who are not wearing masks. I think it's probably safe to say that we are going to see an increase in cases. Um, And a lot of people have been asking me, uh, since I do support the protests, um, how how can I justify that? And um, my answer is that it's also a critical public health issue uh, to address um, racism and the effects of violence uh, that, that result from that. Um, also, we are seeing a lot of dis- racial disparities in terms of COVID itself. So this is really a public health crisis uh, that is amplifying another public health crisis. But it's a very difficult situation, and I, I'm not sure um, what what the best advice is other than to try to protest as safely as possible.
0: And another concern is that the use of tear gas actually increases the risk of contracting coronavirus. The gas causes eyes to water. That can make people cough. That further spreads the virus. The studies have also shown that tear gas can cause damage to your lungs and therefore make you more susceptible to respiratory illnesses. And some of the experts who have studied this say they were actually very surprised that in light of the research that tear gas would have been used in these demonstrations.
1: I think we need to cue the another thing to worry about, Sounder, from the uh, <laughs> yeah. morning news show. Well, I mean, we
0: knew these two stories would come together eventually, and now
1: they have. True. Uh, meanwhile, just the latest on counties' efforts to reopen. Pierce and Snohomish counties have submitted their request to the state for approval to move into Phase 2. King County planning to submit its request soon as well for a modified Phase 1. Current case count in Washington, 22,157. Thirty-five hundred people or so have been hospitalized, and the death count now one thousand one hundred and twenty-nine in the states.
0: King County's had over eight thousand coronavirus cases, and that is added to Snohomish County's nearly three thousand, and the two thousand in Pierce County. And as to whether the protests are going to somehow delay the reopening, there's no indication that's going to happen. I think the reopening has taken on a life of its own. We saw the criteria being changed. At the last minute there, because it's pretty clear that people are tired of it. And uh, a lot of people think that they're either willing to take the risks of getting back out into the world or that the risks uh, just aren't that bad as long as you wear masks and uh, and keep your distance. But I think the momentum is there. Um, People want to see the economy come back. I think government officials want to see the economy come back. The more they see how how it has uh, affected tax revenue. So I think pretty soon. Staying at home is going to be a thing of the past. We will be back tomorrow and every day after with a 10-minute rundown of the daily local news. You can subscribe to this podcast. You can also find our news coverage on MyNorthwest.com or listen live at 97.3 FM.